Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hey Clever Investors and welcome to another show. Tax is a compulsory financial charge that is imposed by all the governments around the world on us, the people, the individuals and our businesses The reason is quite simple. It's to fund public expenditures and services. It's typically levied based on income, profits, property, transactions and goods and services. Governments have no spending money without it. So failure for us to pay it may result in some rather large legal consequences. The Victorian government recently announced a lot of proposed changes to its land tax. If these make it through the legislative process, they will come into effect from the 1st of July 2023, if they're legislated. The Victorian state government, like many other states and territories, follows a legislative process that involves several stages. It begins with the introduction of a bill, followed by debates and scrutiny in Parliament. The bill must then receive majority support from both Legislative Assembly and the Council. Then it becomes law. Joining us today is Gavin Chow, the Blue Wealth Property Senior Economist. Welcome Gavin, and why is Victoria introducing more taxes? Well, it's quite simple, Owen. designed to bring the state economy back into surplus uh, from the debt incurred during the pandemic. You know, and some of it would be the debt that was uh, from infrastructure uh, spending and so on. Obviously the economy can't sit in deficit forever. So uh, eventually they have to either tax us or cut spending somewhere to bring it back into surplus or some combination of both. There's gonna be significant pushback from industry lobby groups. But the short story is that, you know, while this tax is inconvenient, um, it's really gonna be just a storm in a teacup. It's really nothing when it comes to the, over, the to the effect on the overall market. Any increases in land taxes by this proposal will be easily offset by the increase in rents that we've already seen. And not by a small margin, it'll be by several orders of magnitude. Already in the last 12 months, we've seen about a 14.6% increase in rents. And in 2024, we expect uh, another year of double-digit growth in rents. So in most cases, this will offset the um, the tax by maybe four to five times, something like that. And then rent increases will continue to grow through uh, until 2025. We'll, we'll probably see mid to high single digit growth. So can we have a look at what these land tax changes are going to be? What's the, what's the proposal? Yeah, so previously there was no land taxes for any properties uh, up to $300,000. Uh, under the new proposal, the uh, the land tax threshold will be dropped to 50000 So if you have property with um, with a land value, as assessed by the value of general, to be $50,000 above, you, you will incur a land tax. Now, it's a fairly nominal fee. The tranches are fifty dollars to $100,000 in, in land holdings, as assessed by the value of general. 
you'll pay a, a, a flat fee of $500 a year. And the next step would be, the next tranche would be $100,000 to $300,000. You'll pay a flat fee of $900, $975. And thereafter, it'll be more or less the same thing. So you'll pay a flat fee of $975 plus your existing land tax charges, which you would have already needed to pay. Um, but they're going to add a 0.1% on top of that. It's really not a huge amount at all. Yeah, it, it sounds bad, but by and large, it's not... Not a, not a large amount. All right. So are these land taxes a tax deduction? Uh, yeah, they're tax deductible. So they're estimated to raise a, a, about a $4.7 billion over the next four years, and that'll help pay off uh, some of that deficit. Um, these changes are going to be temporary. They're going to be in place for about 10 years, and they'll, they'll apply until the 30th of June, 2033. And all the existing land tax ex- exemptions will continue to apply. That includes, um, you know, for your primary, primary place of residence, you know, the house where you live in. Uh, primary production land, uh, charities and uh, residential care facilities and so on. Now, it's time for a little word from today's podcast sponsor. Are you new to property investing and you're not sure if it's the right financial choice for you or don't know where to start? Well, our Wealth Through Property event is absolutely perfect for you. Upcoming dates for Wealth Through Property are the 30th of May in Sydney Olympic park the 14th of june in sydney's sutherland shire at the sharks Karela, and the 29th of june live in sydney's cbd at the hilton hotel all events start at 7 p.m and you can book yourself in by going to bluewealth.com.au so the, the government has argued that these uh, changes uh, to land tax are necessary for its revenue. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Well, the governments actually don't make money. They just take your money. So they're, they're, gonna, they're basically tax, it's, they tax their constituents, one form or another. So um, yeah, they are, they are necessary to raise revenue. I guess the other side of the argument is that the increase in land tax will make it more difficult to buy property, um, thereby decreasing the demand for rental property. And all this is happening in the middle of a rental crisis. You know, the ultimate effect of this is the costs could be added to rents. Obviously, landlords can't pass this uh, tax straight onto tenants directly because there is still a market for rent. It's still, you know, subject to supply and demand. Um, You can't just bump it up by, you know, a thousand bucks or whatever. But in a roundabout way, it it does add to rent because if you were able to find a decent uh, set of data sets for the drivers of the property market and then plug it into uh, something like a multivariate regression and and run the the regression, you'd probably find that there's a positive correlation between um, land tax and high rent prices. But the effect would be so small that it'd be basically inconsequential. I mean, as you said, it's it's not a... It's not actually a huge amount of the bill. I'd, I'd rather in my pocket, but we, yeah, as you said, with, yeah. as you said, we we do need every government in the world needs taxes to to run things, to fix our roads, to run our hospitals and stuff. Yeah. So, as an economist, what effect do you see this having long term on the rental property market? Um, the boring truth is that the rental market is probably going to get tighter anyway, or not probably, it's almost definitely going to get tighter anyway, regardless of these changes. And, and in most cases, that, re- that rise in rents has already offset the land tax charges by several orders of magnitude. So uh, probably somewhere, like I said, in, in that four to five time range. It probably also won't change the long-term capital growth of the market since the biggest driver of asset prices by far um, is central bank liquidity. And, and the next one is is not even close. So central bank liquidity is what drives markets. But I, I guess there's another way we could look at it is to, is to find an analog market. Can you explain to us what do you actually mean by looking at it 
as an analog market? Okay, so an analog market would be a market that's similar um, in, in all other ways to, to the market that you're looking at um, that has already seen some changes like this. So for example, in California, all property, even the, your primary place of residence, like the place you live in, is subject to tax of around 1% a year. And that's not land tax, that's the combined value of the building and land. So um, it's actually a property tax. Yet if we look at the long-term prices there, they continue to track the growth rates of Sydney and Melbourne extremely closely. It doesn't seem to have any effect at all. Um, of course, this won't stop the media reporting on it until people get bored and move on to the ne- next topic. <laughs> um, yeah, so for, I guess for us at, at Blue Wealth, we, our long-term investment thesis still hasn't changed and uh, we still expect the property market to continue to push higher until the first rate drop. And then when the, that's the first rate drop happens, um, all that excess liquidity will move into the market and we'll see boom time conditions for, um, as rates continue to fall. So that old saying of there's only two guarantees in life still stands true? Yeah, 100% death and taxes. <laughs> Gavin Chow, thank you again for shedding some light on a subject that's really not that scary, is it? No, not at but all. But I'm damn sure that the current affairs shows will pick up on this and make some doom and gloom. So yeah, Absolutely. It's always <laughs> the way. Thank you again for coming in. If you enjoyed the show, please hit the like button. Tell your friends and family. It's the best way that we can grow the fantastic audience here. And I'll see you again next week for another edition of The Clever Investor Podcast. You have been listening to The Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au. Follow a legislative. The Victorian state government, like many other states and territories, follow a legislative. Why can't I say legislative? Legislative. 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 Two parts of the legislative. The Victorian state government, like many other states and territories, follow a legislative. The Victorian state government, like many other states and territories, follow a legislative. I'm putting an L in it, don't I? No, there is an L in it. Yeah, but I can't. But it's legislative. 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 Yeah. Legis. I'll I'll try that again. Try not (laughs) make noise in the background while I'm doing.